0: Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When something happens in the name of Jesus, it glorifies the Father God. Who is the I Am? Who is Jehovah Rapha? When somebody gets healed, it glorifies God. Oh, hallelujah. And he did this on the basis of covenant. I Am. I am whatever you need me to be. I can do whatever you need me to do. I can fix whatever you need me to fix. Because I'm the I am. Hallelujah. It's what Jesus said in John 14, John 16. John 14, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll do it. John 16, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the second covenant, the name Jesus is the blank check. I can expect the same commitment to the covenant from the Father when I use the name of Jesus. God's committed to His Word. He's committed to His covenant. And when I use the name of Jesus, I can expect the same commitment. Look, look, look here at Exodus chapter 8. There's a lot here. We're going to teach on it all year. Exodus 8 and 22. And I will sever in that day the land of Goshen, in which my people dwell, that no swarms of flies will be there. To the end, you may know I'm the Lord in the midst of the earth. Notice, and I will put a division between my people The word division there is a redemption. I'll put a redemption between my people and your people, and tomorrow or by tomorrow will this sign be. There's a redemption between God's people and the flies. Now, now flies here are a plague. We understand that. But throughout Scripture, flies represent demons. Flies represent the power of the enemy. Satan is called Beelzebub. Beelzebub, the Lord of the flies. And he says there's a redemption between God's people and the flies. What's that, What's that redemption? The covenant. There's something between me And them. Do you see this? That's why in Psalm 91 we quote it, but here's why it can say: when trouble comes, a thousand will fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it won't come near you. And you know, we preach it this way: well, if it's at my right hand and at my side, that seems pretty close. But there's a division, there's a redemption between you and it's called the covenant glory to God oh hallelujah Exodus 12 verse 12 I will pass through the land of Egypt this night I'll smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt man and beast against all the gods of Egypt I'll execute judgment I am the Lord and the blood will be to you for a token A proof, a sign, evidence upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the plague will not be on you to destroy you or for a destruction when I smite the land of Egypt. So a token is evidence or proof. The blood was the evidence or proof that God had a covenant with those people. That's important. See, I have a covenant. And we talked about the sign of circumcision on the heart. Wherever you abide, there's something in the spirit that you can't see, but every spirit being can see. It's the sign of covenant on your house. See, I have a covenant. Do do you remember when David said this when Saul was chasing him? trying to kill him, and David wrote these words. He said, I will lay me down and I will sleep because the Lord will sustain me. Saul's hunting his head, trying to kill him. And he lays down with Saul trying to murder him, and he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay down and sleep because the Lord will sustain me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what are you going to do tonight? You're going to lay down and sleep. Why? I have a covenant. I have a covenant of rest. God has a covenant with me that my sleep will be sweet. Glory to God. I was talking to a minister one time, and he was talking to me about how he was awake all through the night. And he said, I don't hurt or anything. I just, I'm awake all night long. He said, what about you? I said, man, I don't know. I don't, by the time my head hits the pillow, I don't know anything till morning. And people just kind of look at you. I don't know about all that. Okay. When you tell people in the day and age we live in that you don't have anything wrong with your body, they look at you like you're a nut. Everybody's got something wrong. How old are you? Oh, you know, name of age, whatever age you want to name. Oh, my Lord. You know, when I was your age, I got this, got that. You got that? No, I don't have that. <laughs> right? Don't take anything just because somebody says you're supposed to have it because you're a certain age. Or a certain race. Amen. 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 I, got, I got a young lady in my church. Uh, 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 Ivy Pennington. And I think Ivy's close to 20 now. 18, 19, 19 years of age. Ivy was born in our church. And she was born with sickle cell anemia. Born with it. And the doctor said she'd always have it. And it would never go away. Her, her mother came to me. Yolanda came to me. And we prayed 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 over prayed over a cloth and sent it hallelujah <laughs> they 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 checked that baby out upwards and downwards and the doctor said i don't know what happened but it was here and it's not here now now it is on her school records that she has sickle cell anemia And they've they've asked her, do you want me to take that off? And here's a teenage girl that went through school. Now, she's not in high school anymore. But she would tell. She told her mom, leave it on my records because every time they say I have it, I have the opportunity to witness to them about how Jesus healed me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? See, see, that's, that's something that primarily, primarily affects the African American race. Don't take it just because the color of your skin. Don't take it just because they say you have to have it. Well, heart disease runs in my family. Don't take it just because it ran in your family. Stop it from running in your family with you. Amen. Glory to God. Am I helping you? He said... There's a proof. There's a evidence. Something that stands between us. Okay, Lord, I can say that. And, and don't joke about things. You forget something. Oh, bless God, I'd forget my head if it wasn't tied on. You really want that? You want to be sitting in a chair somewhere, a blithering idiot? Everybody's got to take care of you. You can't do anything for yourself. Now, I know that, 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 that sounds direct, but is that what you want? Because you'll have what you say. Amen. I can't remember nothing. You know what they say, after a certain age, first thing that goes is your mind. Ha, ha, ha. It's not funny. It's not funny. The, Bi- the Bible says as I get older, I should get sharper. You think I know a lot now? Wait till I'm 80. I'm following the faith of my fathers. And none of my fathers are slowing down. None of them are slowing down. Matter of fact, they're regrouping. They're recharging. They're getting ready to go. Amen. Look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. Glory to Jesus. In Psalm 91, verse 1. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God and Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver me from the snare of the fowler and the noisome pestilence. Now look at verse 10. There will no evil befall you. Neither will any plague come near your dwelling. Verse 16. With long life I will satisfy Him and show Him my salvation. Now now, 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 those are verses that are in most people's confession list. But I want you to see something. Look what it says. It says, if I'm dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God, I'm abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Yeah. And because of that, he says, no evil will befall me. Is that right? Yeah. No plague will come near my dwelling. Yeah. No evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. Now, I've got to believe what God said about himself. It's a covenant book sealed with blood on both ends. I read that, no evil will befall me. No plague will come near my dwelling. That closes the book. That's it. That's what I believe. Well, I know so-and-so. I don't, I don't believe so-and-so. I believe what the Word said. Amen. Amen. Because you have a covenant. You have a covenant. The house on my left side may get damaged. The house on my right side may get damaged. But right there in the middle, I'll sit with no damage. Because he said no evil would befall me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Do do you see that? When you're going about your day, no evil will befall you. When you're going about your day, no evil will befall you. You got to drive somewhere, no evil will befall you. I have a covenant. He said no evil would befall you. That word evil is injury or misery. Injury or misery. That's good news. The word plague is disease or wound. It specifically carries the idea of a wound from leprosy. I had a friend one time. uh, We traveled to a Promise Keepers gathering together uh, in Columbia, Missouri. And uh, we were there at Promise Keepers. And we were sharing a room. And uh, uh, he was a believer. uh, Didn't believe in much. But he was a believer. He was going to heaven. But the church he belonged to didn't believe much of anything. Just get saved and... Miss hell and go to heaven. Well, he had diabetes. And and he had let it get out of hand. And he was trying to to rein it back in. But because of that, he had diabetic sores on his his legs. And uh, he was uh, a real heavy guy. And he couldn't bend over to work on those sores. So he asked me to help him. I learned something there. Now, understand what I say when I say this. That was disgusting. And there was no reason for it. He had a covenant that said no wound will come near you. Is that right? I felt felt horrible for him. The compassion of God just came out of me. It It was a horrible existence. Couldn't walk, couldn't sit, full of pain. And he had a covenant of healing with God. And he was on his way to heaven, loved God, loved the Lord, and was not walking in his covenant benefits. I would be remiss, I would be wrong as a pastor to just let you think that you got to put up with certain things. There are things that you do not have to put up with because you have a covenant from God that says you don't have to put up with them. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, my hearing's going, don't let it go. Grab it and make it stay. The Lord said, the hearing ear and the seeing eye, I've made both of them. And I wrote in my Bible, and mine are good. Mine are good. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Did you ever hear Jerry Savelle? You know, if you look at old messages of Brother Jerry, he wore glasses. Now, there's nothing wrong with wearing glasses. Don't get me wrong when I say that, right? But I'm saying he decided I don't want to wear glasses because he had to wear them when he drove. His eyes were so bad he had to wear them when he drove. And he said, so I either had to get clip-on sunglasses or prescription sunglasses, and it was just a a headache. And he said, I got in the word and began to claim the word that my eyes were healed. Amen. Amen. And he said one day I went to the to the DMV to renew my license and he said I took the eye test and he said when I when I looked in there with my glasses I couldn't see anything it was all blurry and he said I took my glasses off and it's perfectly clear Amen so he said, take this off my, restriction off my, my, my license. I don't have to have glasses anymore. And if you know him and you're with him, you can see that. He was sitting back here in our speaker's room. And somebody was serving him. And they, they gave him something to read. And said, I don't know if you can read that with your contacts here in this light. And he goes, I don't wear contacts. I don't wear glasses or contacts. And he's near about 75 years of age. And still his eyes are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah hallelujah stood on his covenant and overcome a full-blown stroke yeah. couldn't, couldn't raise his right hand paralyzed on his right side the doctor said you'll never preach again the doctor said you're going to have to be in this special chamber to get all the the brain cells back operating and it, and, and it'll take years for everything to go back to normal Well pastor evil befell him but he grabbed his covenant. And ran it off. Yeah, yeah. If it's there. He'll take it. Yeah. He'll take it. Don't, don't just put up with it. Amen. I, I'm not telling you to do this. When sickness tries to attack my body. It makes me mad. It makes me angry. Yes my wife. I'll say out loud. Who do you think you are. Trying to put that garbage on me. Yeah. I have a covenant of healing. With God. Amen. Amen. I'm almost done. When we stay under the blood, we stay under the covenant, we stay under the name, no injury, no misery, no disease will come near us. Notice Psalm 105. Psalm 105. Psalm 105 and verse 37. He brought them forth also with silver and gold. And there was not one feeble person among them. That word feeble means weak or decayed. Now you know, some theologians say three and a half million people came out of bondage, between two and three and a half million. Now you know, you know somewhere in that three and a half million people, there's old folks. Young folks, old, old folks, and young, young folks. There was somebody in that group that was old enough that should have been considered feeble. But he says there wasn't one feeble. And these were people that for 400 and some odd years had had no regard for God. But because of his covenant, he gave them that Passover meal. And that Passover meal strengthened them. And they came out with not one person feeble. They traveled 40 years in the wilderness on manna. Looked like coriander seed, the Bible says. I don't know what was in it. Word says it was angel's food. So I don't know how how nutritionally dense angel's food is, but it, it sustained them. And you never see them sick until they rebelled against God. He brought them out, and not one feeble person among them. Oh, glory. Look at verse 42. You can see why it was done. He remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. What I want you to do, and what I want you to see... And what I want to happen is for something to rise up on the inside of you and say, if I have it, it's going. And even if it came on me before, it's not coming on me again. Just because it came once doesn't mean it has to come again. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Look at Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40, and verse 29. This is another familiar scripture, but notice something. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Ha, ha, ha. So notice, if there's sickness, he'll take it. If there is faintness, He'll give me power. If there's no might, He'll increase my strength. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Where there's no might, He increases strength. Where there's faintness, He gives power. That's my covenant. I said, that's my covenant. You're you're not going the road of weakness. You're not going down the road of faintness. You're not going down the road where you can't take care of yourself. I'm telling you by the name of Jesus, that's not going to be you. You're not going to be weak. You're not going to be dilapidated. You're not not going to be dependent on somebody else the rest of your life. You are going to be long and strong. You're going to live long and strong. You're going to live out the number of your days. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Verse 31. Notice, or uh, excuse me, verse... uh, 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 The Amplified Bible says in verse 29... He gives power to the faint and and to him that has no might. He increases strength, causing it to multiply and making it abound. Yes. So right now, the strength is multiplying in me. Multiplying in me, abounding in me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew or change strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. The Amplified Bible says those that wait for the Lord who... Now notice, here's, here's your part. What's your part of the covenant? Faith and obedience. Those who wait for the Lord, who expect, look for, and hope in Him, shall change and renew their strength and power. They will lift up their wings... And mount up close to God as eagles. Mount up to the sun. They will run and not be weary. They will not faint or become tired. Because I'm expecting. What am I expecting? I'm expecting for my strength to be renewed. I'm expecting for my power to be renewed. God can promise this because he cannot lie. And he cannot change. My job's expected. What you believe can be measured by your level of expectancy. And, and, and uh, uh, I, want, I want to wrap this up, but I, I need you to see this. When, when you look through uh, uh, the gospels, for instance, when the disciples were in the boat and Jesus told them, got them in the boat and said, let's go to the other side. And they got out in the midst of the sea and the storm came and, and, and they begin to, to scream. To Jesus, to, to wake up. Don't you care that we're perishing? And Jesus stood up, and, and, and he calmed the wind and the waves. And, and peace be still, you'll remember that. But then remember, he turned to them and said, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? No faith. Faith, Hebrews 11, 1, Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The, the, the main definition of hope is expectancy. Faith give substance to what you're expecting. They had no faith they were going to the other side because they had no faith. They were expecting nothing and could do nothing. When Peter walked on the water to come to Jesus, but noticed the wind boisterous and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And the Lord reached and pulled him up and said, "Uh, uh, where did you doubt? Oh, you of little faith. Peter got out of the boat for whatever reason. Jesus never called him and said, hey, Peter, come out of the boat. Peter said, if it's you, tell me to come to you. Well, Jesus couldn't lie. Peter stepped out of that boat with a measure of faith. But it was little faith. And when the issues arose, his little faith wasn't enough to handle the circumstance. So he was expecting little. He was expecting little. And he got little. But in in Matthew chapter 8, and in both instances of the centurion that came to Jesus, and he said, speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Jesus said, I've not found such great faith. And what was he expecting? He was expecting his servant to be healed when Jesus spoke the word. That was his expectancy before he ever said it. You can measure what he was believing by what he was expecting. Amen. When when you say you're old, you're just wore out, my body's just falling apart, that's what you're expecting. And you cannot tell me you're exercising faith for anything else because you're not exercising faith and saying that you're expecting something else. You can't be exercising faith for healing expecting sickness. You can't be exercising faith for a sound mind talking about how you're so forgetful you can't remember anything. See that's not just words. That's what you're expecting. Covenant changes your expectancy. A covenant mindset is a requirement for strong faith. Oh glory. We got one more verse here. Look look with me at Psalm 103. Oh hallelujah. I had a person one time, I, had, uh, I was associate pastor, assistant pastor at a church. And uh, the pastor was very sick and couldn't preach. And so they were having me do all, all the ministering. And uh, uh, I was ministering on faith and had, had been ministering on faith for weeks. We, we, I had ministered I don't know how many weeks. And one day I was in Sunday school. And uh, I went to Sunday school just to be polite. Because I didn't care for Sunday school, it was embalmed with unbelief. But uh, uh, I was sitting there, and, and the, the teacher was every, every service she would ask who had a testimony. And a person stood up. And they stood up right in front of me. I was sitting in about the third row, and they were in the second row. And they stood up right in front of me. And uh, uh, they turned around and looked at me. Their testimony was directed at me. And they turned around and looked at me and said, uh, you know, we've been hearing a lot about faith. You know, I mean, when somebody's looking right at you, I mean, the only thing you can do is spit on them or smile. I mean, it's, you know, it's it... and I decided to smile. And I, I was just grinning. And they, and they said this in, in front of the whole class, looking, right, looking me right in the eye, and said, I think those faith people are living in a dream world. They, they need to get some reality and come down here and live with the rest of us. Well, they don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking, man, if this is a dream world, don't wake me up. And I'm in reality. Your reality does not define my reality. Because somebody lives under the curse doesn't mean I need to. Psalm 103, verse 1. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies. Satisfies your mouth with good things that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Amplified Bible says this. It says, who heals each one of all your diseases. Why does he do that? He is my physician. The Amplified says, who satisfies your mouth, your necessity and desire at your personal age and situation with good. Your youth renewed is like the eagles, strong, overcoming, and soaring. That's God's will for you strong, overcoming, and soaring. That's my life, that's your life. Strong, overcoming, and soaring. And He said that was a benefit. Of what? My covenant. That's my benefit package. I say that's my benefit package. Do you believe that? He's our physician. He's our surgeon. He is the Lord that heals us. And and, and it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what I'm dealing with. He is the Lord that heals me. Because I have a covenant. Because I have a covenant. My my bones are strong. My joints are supple. Amen. My eyes are good. My ears are good. Amen. Hallelujah. My blood pressure is perfect. My heart beats with the rhythm of life. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2.24 is consistently, constantly flowing through my blood system, effecting a cure in my body. There are things that don't even come near me. I don't even know that they tried because 1 Peter 2.24 just gets rid of them. Amen. Amen. Every disease, German virus that touches your body dies instantly in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. 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 That's in your spirit man. And what's in your spirit man will, 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 will present itself through your natural man. That healing in your spirit, man, will soak into your fleshly body. It'll come out the pores of your skin. It'll ooze out of your arms and out of your legs and out of your body. And when sickness or disease tries to touch you, it will come in contact with the healing power of God and be instantly neutralized, instantly destroyed, instantly taken away. It's what you have to believe. You know, I'll end with this. We often talk about John Lake, and I've heard people talk about John Lake and how he was helping with those victims of the plague and that they came to him and and the medical professionals came to him and he was not using any protective gear or anything of that nature. And they asked him, they said, how is it that you've been working with all of these people that have died of this sickness and yet you're not affected? And he said, well, I can show you. And and there was a corpse there and he said, get some of that froth, that bloody froth out of that corpse mouth and put it in my hand. Well, that's full blown plague. Put it in my hand. They put it in his hand and they examined that and and it's recorded and documented that they saw the plague dying. And they said, what is this? And he said, that's the law of the spirit of life that's in Christ. I, 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 I want to say this. And I want to say it as nice as I can. Over the last two years, I've watched so many preachers abandon what they used to preach. They quit preaching faith. They quit preaching healing. They quit preaching the power of the word of God. They hunkered down somewhere, in an unknown location, and taught a bunch of garbage. I I I said it. I said it when we when we started having weekly services on May twenty first. I'll say it again. I'll speak loud to be heard. I'll never shut my church down. I will never shut, I don't care what happens. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the governor says. I don't care what anybody says. I'm not shutting the church down. The local church is the hope of the world. Yes, I'm not afraid of anything that stalks the dark. I, I give no respect or honor to any sickness. Amen. I'm redeemed from it. You-, you do whatever you got to do. I, I- understand what I mean by that. I've I've watched preachers, though, back off what they used to say they believed. And their churches pay for it. There are people on the sound of my voice, and you know who you are. You were diagnosed with full-blown COVID. You were diagnosed, and, and there were issues in your body that it tried to take advantage of. But here you are tonight, healed in your body, rejuvenated in your spirit, with no effects, no problems, no issues, because God healed you. And God will always heal you. Don't back up because of situations and circumstances that, that, that try to push you away from what God said. Amen. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm going to be even stronger about it. I'm going to be even stronger about it. The world is hurting. If, if you came to any of the nights of the Hear and Be Healed conference, did you see the people that came for healing? The people that came for healing. But yet a large portion of the church just acts like nobody's sick. The altar was packed every service with people that needed healing. Kidney disease, sugar diabetes, cancer, liver problems. You name it. Bad backs, bad eyes. Had a man stand before me that had 57 surgeries. Fifty-seven had not known a year with no pain in years. Stood there, and the power of God was flowing. Had three rods in his back. Couldn't bend over. We prayed for him. I backed up, and I said, now in the name of Jesus, bend over and touch your toes. And he bent over and touched his toes. He looked up at Jim Molson, tears coming down his eyes. He said, this is the first time in years I haven't had any pain in my body. Don't ask me to back up. Don't ask me to not preach it so hard. People are dying. People are sick. People have no answer. The Lord woke me up the other morning and He said, So many are dying and going to hell. He said, Who will you do their part to save them? I will. I will. You will. We will our churches will there are people under the sound of my voice God has delivered you God has set you free God has healed your body There are things that are not in your body anymore that used to be there, but they're not here. There are people on the sound of my voice, you were on the verge of suicide. You had no hope. You had no life. And God came walking into your circumstance and delivered you. Don't back up. Press into your covenant. Keep your ear to the covenant. What God said, God will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've had people at my age ask me, when are you going to slow down? What do you mean, slow down? Who has time to slow down? I don't have time to slow down. Hallelujah. I tell you what, I'm going to plant another church here in Arkansas. And we're going to have more faith building going on. Oh, yes, I am. Yes, I am. That's what God's called me to do. We're going to populate, we're going to populate the United States with faith churches. It's what we're going to do. And God's going to help us do it. Because people need it. There are cities in Arkansas that need what God is saying through this ministry. They need what God is saying through all ministries. But but we need ministries that aren't afraid to stand up and say, God will do what He said He would do. And I'm not hiding from something. I'm going to confront it. I'm going to attack it. I'm going to overcome it. Glory to, God. Glory to God. You better stand up. I'll preach all night. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just don't put up with it. Don't put up with it. When it comes knocking, you tell him what my friend Eddie Quay said from Ghana, West Africa. He's got a, a, a big, deep African voice. He's a little short man. Got a big, deep voice. He said, when sickness comes to your house, tell sickness, go to the other house. You cannot stay here. Amen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. This is your year of freedom. 2022, the Lord said to us seven times, if you will believe, these are things you'll see. Beautiful clarity, astounding abundance, every recompense for everything that the devil took. It said you'd be paid back for any suffering you endured in 2021. It's what the Lord said. If you suffered physically, this is your year of complete healing. Your year of complete healing. Your year of complete healing. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And you know what? If you missed it and you backed off, just get back in the game. Just get back in the game. Dust yourself off and let's go. Because you don't have time to not get in the game, and you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself, and nobody's got time to pick you up and make sure that you feel okay. You got to get back in the game, and let's get on. Let's get on with it, because we have things to do. Nancy Refrain was standing at her house, and her three, her two sons, and her daughter-in-law came to the house the day that Dr. Dufresne went, went home to be with the Lord and she could tell something was wrong she didn't know what had happened they came and told her they said dad went to heaven plane crashed she looked at her kids looked at her kids and said don't you get in your head about this because I don't have time to pull you out of that grief I don't misunderstand what I'm saying the Bible says there's a, a, a time to weep but here's what I'm saying You've got things to do for God. And this is your year to do it. The number 20 is the number of expectancy. 22 is the number of disintegration. It's associated with the worst kings in Israel's history. Ahab and Jeroboam. But God said in the middle of all the the turmoil and the things that the world's going through, we have expectancy. My pastor sent me a word. And he said, he said, if we hold tight and with might, we will see the glory of the Lord. I believe that. I believe that. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Father, that they are sold out to your purpose, sold out to your cause, sold out to what you said in your word. And We thank you that the victory belongs to us. We are the healed of the Lord, and we live victorious lives.